0: As as soon as we don't do the duvet This is the work bit. This is the work bit. And that's the party bit. Yeah, this is the work, the party, and uh, And off you go. And relax, you know. That's That's the way it is, isn't it? Are you ready? Ready. Cole, over to you.
1: Hi, I'm Nick Roberts. I'm the group chief executive of Travis Perkins' PLC, and we're the largest provider of building materials to the construction industry in the UK. And this is my duvet flip.
0: Wow, and welcome, Nick. Welcome to my home. Welcome thank you, Jack. to my duvet flip. And thank you for th- having me. And thank you for giving your time today.
1: A p- an absolute pleasure.
0: So. There is a number of young people tuning in from all walks of life across the country. Some will be figuring out what they want to do. Some yeah. will want weekend jobs. Some will be wanting to know how do you become a CEO, uh, and we'll be getting into that a little bit. That it doesn't Super. happen. It doesn't happen overnight either. It doesn't.
1: It doesn't. I'm still trying to work it out. <laughs> Absolutely, and
0: and that's about life, isn't it? And Absolutely. Hopefully today you can help young people work something out in their kind of minds and where I'd they are to. in their journey.
1: I'd love to help if I can.
0: Amazing. So. It's Thursday, it's, uh, this is live as you know. Some yep. people say, is this live? Is it really live? But it's, it's really live, it's I'm real. You're it. on the TV. <laughs> so, my first question is what, is what was your first job that you can remember that paid you your first bit of money? What did you learn from that job that you wish that you knew before you started it that you want to pass on to young people?
1: Yeah, I started, um, my first job actually were holiday jobs when I was 16, because as a kid, I was a competitive swimmer. So I kind of trained before school, trained after school and then competed at the weekend. So my first job was a Christmas job at a furniture retailer that's now gone bust called MFI. Some older um, listeners might remember that. Um, And that was a fantastic job over Christmas. I was taken on to work in the warehouse. And even though I was a swimmer and I thought I was quite strong, I wasn't strong enough to work in the warehouse. So they put a yellow jacket on me, stuck me out in the car park, over Christmas and asked me to direct traffic and, and it was a fabulous experience. Um, I just kind of worked hard, I had my own thing to do. I used my initiative, um, and really enjoyed myself and Then, after that, I moved on to working again holiday jobs in in sainsbury 's um, and I was so I enjoyed that so much. I showed up with a bunch of people my age. We all donned our kind of brown overalls as a uniform. We all felt quite smart and Actually, I was a really, really shy kid, almost chronically shy. So actually being put out on the shop floor in my brown overalls, straight into loading shelves and dealing with customers, being on the checkout, you know, it was a whole new experience for me and I absolutely loved it. I I found that actually I really enjoyed talking to customers. I enjoyed helping them and solving problems with them. And, you know, that was a, a, a really big step forward for me as a young man. And it really built my confidence. We had, a, we had fun as a group. Um, we had fun, I had fun learning new things. There were some things that, that I kind of stepped forward for and you know, I kind of made my own, probably because nobody else wanted to do them actually. But you know, and that, that felt quite special as well. Some things became kind of Nick's job in the store. And my confidence really, really grew. And that was way more important than earning my first pound. You know, it kind of enabled me to kind of grow and feel more confident, learn the the value of hard work, learn the value of kind of putting your hand up and taking the initiative when stuff needed doing. And really, for the first time arguably, you know, I was still at school obviously, you know, learn the value of teamwork, learn the value of building relationships with your peers, um, learn the value of building relationships with your superiors and them understanding who you are and you understanding who they are. All of that sounds obvious. But for me at that time, it was, it was groundbreaking. And, absolutely. you know, I, I just absolutely loved it. And I, I found that I discovered a love of work, which wow. for me was hugely important.
0: That is... I want to t- touch on a few things here. You used a few words that I want to kind of dig into. Hard work. Why should young people work hard in their first job why should they go and give it a go and what does hard work mean so a lot of young people being there saying you know i'll get into a job i want to work hard but what does hard work actually mean
1: well to me hard work is is showing commitment it's sort of showing up you know if you if you enter a workspace um you know you kind of commit to that workspace, you commit to the team, you commit to the purpose of whatever it is, whatever that organization is doing. It might be a commercial organization, it might be a charity. And for me working hard is just showing that commitment. I agree. It's being there, it's being positive, it's bringing some energy. It's not about grinding or having to put in excessive hours, you know, that might be part of it along the way, right? but hard work is for me is just really showing up, really showing commitment, really showing the willingness to be part of what's going on, part of the team and improving and pushing forward, whatever that organization is trying to do. Um, And pushing yourself, pushing yourself to learn, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. As I say, I was an enormously shy young man. So actually dealing with customers, dealing with peers, Dealing with bosses, that was, that was new ground for me. So that's what I mean about hard work, you know, really putting yourself into it. I like that. Hard work starts with commitment.
0: Yeah. That's... Isn't that a lovely way to kind of put it? So yeah. if you want to work hard, it'll all start. the first step of working hard, when you get your Saturday job or your part-time job or you go in to do something, it starts with being committed.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, the view I take is don't, don't bother doing stuff by halves. You know, if you're not committed, then it's not right for you. If it doesn't resonate with you, then be honest with yourself and and recognize that and do something about it. Um, that certainly has been the case through some of the mistakes I've made in my career. Um, you know that when, when you when you don't feel committed, when you when you're not going to put the effort in, which is what I really mean by hard work, then kind of be honest enough to call it out. And it's okay. It's actually okay. You know. We all make choices and we all make good choices and we all make potentially bad choices. I've made plenty um, of bad choices. And, you know, the important thing is to, is to recognise that and, and change course and, and be honest with yourself. And being honest with yourself and then honest with the people around you, I think, just creates a much better
0: And How atmosphere. do you know, how do you know it, it, the difference between whether you're committed or not or whether you're having a lazy day? We all get lazy days, don't we? There's days that we think, "Oh, you know what? I need to do that, and I need to mow the lawn." And not that I've got a garden, I'm not thinking <laughs> that, but I need to go and do this. And, and you think, you know what? Today I might just have a, I can't be bothered. It doesn't mean that you're not committed. So, what are they, what can you, how can you really see the difference between being committed and having a lazy day? I think we all know it, don't we?
1: You know, I mean, it's very human to have good days and bad days. Right. We all have them, you know, um, but I think I think when when you're when you know, when you haven't showed up for the team, you know, and and I think we know in our hearts, we know in our soul where perhaps actually our sense of duty, our sense of responsibility to those people around us in the workplace or whatever it might be in the in the sports team, in the, the orchestra, whatever it might be, when we haven't showed up, we we sort of know in our heart in our subconscious that we've kind of passed so do do? them down a bit.
0: what do I do? So if, say I came and work at, uh, for you, and I was having a lazy day, uh, but it was rare. What do, I, what do I say to the team? Like, how do I deal with it? Do I just, how do, do I say to the team, you know what, I'm having a lazy day? Well, do I, think, I say I'm having a lazy day, or well, like, what do I, I,
1: I do? I, it would be very honest of you to say, yeah. I'm having a lazy day. Or I'm just, you know, I'm having a day where actually my energy levels aren't quite where they normally are. Or my sense of commitment isn't quite where it normally is. But actually, this is what I'm going to do about it. So you continue, know? get up, continue. Absolutely. I think it's really important mm-hmm. in every aspect of our lives that, that we try. You know, we all recognise that we have days where, you know, energy could be high, energy could be low. There's lots go- else going on in everybody's lives too. There's lots of um, pushes and pulls. But actually, you know, by saying, well, this is, this is where I am, this is what's going on in my life, um, and this is what I'm going to do about it. And this is the help that I need. This is the support that I need. Perhaps this is what I need from you to help me get back on track. Absolutely. That's really, really important. And, you know, I feel it's a really important part of what I do as, a, as, as an individual, as a member of the team, as a, as a leader, to create the environment in the workplace where people can feel utterly safe and supported to kind of call out when they're not feeling right, you know, where things aren't okay, because it's okay to not be okay. Absolutely. It happens, we're all human. So, you know, whether, you, whether you're overt with that or whether you just keep it to yourself, um, that's a choice. But actually having the willingness and being in an environment where it's okay to kind of seek support, to seek help, to maybe seek a bit of advice, is really important. And I think it's vital for leaders, you know, through our own experiences to create that environment um, that is inclusive, supportive, but also, you know, um, we'll call out where perhaps, you know, as you put, put it, a lazy day persists and say, well, actually, what is going on here? Is there a way we can help? Is there a way we can support? And that starts to build a kind of supportive, constructive, inclusive workplace where, you know, it's okay to be you and to show up. But Absolutely. the balance, I think, that, that I would say is, you know, inevitably, we are looking for people to be committed to what we're trying to do.
0: Absolutely. And I hear you loud and clear in terms of if you're having a lazy day, it doesn't mean you're not being committed. And there's steps you can take before a lazy day turns into a quip. Absolutely. Because I'm a big believer, if you get into a job, give it your best, do everything you can. You're going to have days where you don't feel okay, but that doesn't mean, if you're having a bad day, it doesn't mean you go and hand in your notice.
1: Absolutely not. And, that,
0: and then you end up unemployed.
1: Absolutely not. You know, cool. there, are, there are lots of choices I've made where I've mm. thought, gosh, actually, hang on a minute. Um, this might not be quite the course of, I, I should have taken or, or I thought I, it, I thought it would be. So, But actually... What's really important is not just to throw in the towel at that point, is to, is to find it in yourself, to persist, to push on, to see the positives that are around you. What can I learn? What can I learn from that individual? What can I learn from the team? What can I learn from what I'm doing? How can I draw positive from this? Let's, let's write down what I'm learning so I can see that. And what, what will bring forward my energy and commitment? And actually, if you can identify some of those things, then talk to people about how you can be your best, how you can show up your best self. And more often than not, there are ways through that. So it might feel like you might have made the wrong choice. It might feel like you're lacking commitment because something isn't right for you. But actually persist and try and try and find ways that it, that it might be the case.
0: So now, I, now I'm hearing that hard work is commitment showing up, working as a team, seeking help when there's bad days, and the final one, resilience. And asking yourself, and you just excribed part of resilience to me in terms of, you know what, okay, what is positive in this situation? Do I write it down? Who can I talk to? How can I get through this lazy day? How can I get through this moment? So hard work is all about commitment, showing up. Resilience.
1: Yeah, and I think I'd add another one in there, honesty. Yes. Honesty with yourself. Honesty with those people around you. Um, You kind of owe it to both. You owe it to yourself and you owe it to the people around you who are more often than not investing in you, they're investing time and energy in you to be the best that you can be. So I feel the honesty, you know, is an important component. Resilience, I think, is really important actually throughout your your working life. I mean, you know, those early jobs that I had, you know, taught me a resilience. Being involved in sport taught me resilience because there were many mornings I didn't want to get up and go training. Um, But actually commitment to what I was trying to achieve, commitment to the team, um, just builds a bit of resilience against when things are feeling really, really difficult. But equally, you've got to recognise where you can't just... Just rely on that resilience, mm. you need to just go and ask for a bit of help and just lean on people around you. It might be your workmates, it might be your family, it might be your friends, whoever it is. that honesty to actually say things aren 't feeling quite right. Um, what shall I do about it? How shall I think about it um, i 've done that i 've done that often you know my first job um, after university i i uh, I went to university, I was very, very lucky to go to university and I did a, a degree in geology. And um, I did a degree in geology because I absolutely loved it, I loved being outdoors, I was a scout as a young man, I absolutely loved it and I loved the whole kind of, the way that I discovered through that, through that subject. Um, but what I also realised in doing that is that I knew absolutely nothing about the world of business, the world of commerciality. and. My parents were both, um, built their careers in the NHS, and so the conversation at home was about about caring, was about help, was about service. That's what dominated the conversation at home as I grew up, not about revenue, and profit, and cash flow, and growth, and you know, shares, and I didn't know anything about that, but when I was at university, I was surrounded by people who knew all sorts of stuff about that. So oddly, perhaps, I, When I left university, I thought I want to, I was excited to learn about business and commercial stuff. So I joined a major UK bank and all my family and friends looked at me. You want to learn
0: business, join a bank. (laughs) To me, it
1: made absolute sense. You know, I I would get in, you know, banks are at the guts of, in the heart of kind of, you know, how businesses run, how individuals, you know, manage finances. And I joined the bank um, on one of their kind of graduate management training schemes. And it was fantastic. Um, but within about a few weeks or certainly within a couple of months, I realised that it was not for me, absolutely not for me. It just didn't touch my soul at all. The work that we were doing was fantastic. I was so lucky we worked in the retail bank, the commercial bank, the opportunities to really experience and learn so much were right there. But it just didn't resonate with me. But I didn't know, you know, it, it could have been a, a quitting moment. Mm. But I felt I owed it to the bank as my employer Um, and I owed it to myself and I certainly didn't know what else I was going to do so I kind of just persisted and I pushed through and I showed up and I showed commitment and I worked hard for the bank and I I learnt as much as I could learn Um, and I put my hand up for everything and I moved around a lot and I knew it wasn't for me but just to go and walk out at that point would have been letting them down and letting me down. And that wasn't right, it just didn't feel right to me. So I pushed through, you know, is that resilience, maybe? It's, I think, I think, so. I think it's commitment mm-hmm. um, and, you know, and just, but I'd made a choice. I just didn't quite know how that was gonna play out. Um, but through working with the bank, actually, I came across all sorts of things in, in those days that was being funded Um, environmental agencies to redevelop old industrial areas. And I I remember, you know, traveling with my parents to swimming competitions in the South Wales Valleys, which is where I grew up, Um, you know, where coal mining was stopping, you know, slag heaps everywhere, derelict mines, terrible environmental devastation, communities that were suffering, people didn't have jobs. And what I saw were schemes being funded, environmental restoration, brownfield regeneration, old industrial sites being brought back into life to build new communities, provide new jobs. And there were teams of people I saw through the bank, geologists and engineers and biologists and ecologists working together in businesses to do that. And I thought that's what I need to be doing. That is what I need to be doing.
0: So you saw something. You was like, that is what I want to do. And it
1: just resonated Mm. with my soul. It really touched me. And I thought, you know, this is a way in which I can deploy the skills that I learnt at school and through university into something that felt to me had real purpose. So I left the bank and backed myself um, and went back to university for a year to get a qualification that would take me into that. And I only share that because, you know, I made a choice that, you know, it's really hard to make choices in your early career. What, you don't know anything. You don't know what's right. You, you don't know what sometimes you're you Sometimes you think you do. <laughs> sometimes you think you do. And I thought actually going into banking would be, would be great. And it was. But 20 months later I left. Um, I'd had a great time. I'd worked hard f- for them. I owed it to them. But then I owed it to myself to go and do something where I felt had, that I felt had real purpose and real resonance that would get the best out of me. Um, and that oh. took me into the next chapter of my career, which lasted 25 years with one company. And you
0: know what? We're going to talk about the next chapter and a bit about Travis Perkins and the work you do. But we're going to take a break because we've been we're already done the first half. How quick does it go? Oh, it goes really quick. Fantastic. Well, and we'll see everyone in a moment. So we're back for second half, we've topped up, our, well I've topped up my uh, tea, I'm on, I'm on uh, herbal tea at the moment, I used to drink about five builder's teas a day, but the amount of milk is no good for you, so I'm trying to lose a bit of weight. I'm on my. You're an inspiration,
1: tea. I need to do that.
0: Well, I need, I, You're an inspiration because I need to get to swimming and recycling. <laughs> <laughs> this, I've got a swimming pool downstairs but I don't use it. So I need to get in there. It's really important, I know, you know. I, know.
1: I, I, I mean, I, I ride my bike and, and people say, do you ride with a club? Do you go out with friends? I ride by myself because it's, it's a quiet space. It's a bit of decompression. You know, the world can be a noisy place. The world's noisy at work and my home can be pretty noisy too, right? I've got three sons. And, and actually riding my bike is just, is just quiet time. And I think everybody, I think that's really important for, for everybody. Absolutely. So go swimming. There you go. I'll, I'll go.
0: I'll go swimming after this. So, so tell me a little bit about your role now. Like, what do you do? What is your role? How did you kind of join the business? And then I want to talk. A little, I want to dig into the business a little bit about all the opportunities you got. Obviously, I started as an apprentice myself, and I know you've got a fantastic apprenticeship scheme and program, which I am all for. I would love to dig into that a little bit more on how young people get involved and what does that all mean.
1: Absolutely. Well, I joined the business four years ago and I'd spent 25 years um, after my change from banking. I spent 25 years with a company called Atkins, a British engineering company that worked around the globe doing fantastic engineering projects. And I, I loved working in that company It was a culture that I just felt really part of, a purpose that really resonated with me. But I went from being a kind of graduate environmental scientist many, many years ago to being CEO and I was hugely proud of that, enormously proud. Lots of mistakes along the way and lots of lessons learned. But I realized that actually staying at Atkins um, wasn't right for me in the longer term and certainly wasn't right for the organization. I kind of knew the language, I knew the organization on the map, I knew the culture, I'd been part of building it. But it was time for me to move on and that was a key recognition. I didn't quite know what to do actually. Um, I certainly didn't know who I wanted to go and work with. Um, And it was suggested that I look at Travis Perkins and um, my initial reaction was, well, why why would I, why would you ask me to look at Travis Perkins? And um, I was specifically told, no, read the brief. And I read the brief and I thought, wow, this looks fantastic. And the first reference point was the culture, the kind of values of the organisation. And it's hard to feel from the outside. For young people, it's really, really difficult. And for for older people, it's really difficult to get a sense of what the organisation really feels like, what it believes in, who it is, what it stands for. But if you can, that's really, really important in my view. Um, And I got a sense early doors that this was an organisation that had a real sense of purpose, had strong values around what it did and the communities it serves and the customers it serves and the importance of itself in... In the, in the industry that we serve. And I was really attracted to that. Um, and I also saw an opportunity to really, you know, further the kind of modernization. Each company needs to keep moving forward, keep renewing itself, to be relevant to customers, relevant to, to colleagues, relevant to people who want to join the business. And, um, and I saw a great opportunity to do that. So I joined the business four years ago um, and it's been an enormous privilege and honor to be part of the team. Um, the Travis Perkins Group is 20,000 people. It's over 200 years old, actually. Mm. And we're perhaps best known for the Travis Perkins Builders Merchant, mm. but also for Tool Station and, and other businesses that work across the construction industry. Um, and I, I joined it because I felt as though I could make a difference. And what do I do? Well, that's often a question that's asked of me, Nick. What do you really do? And I suppose there are some formal things that I do. So, as CEO, I am a custodian of the culture. It's really important to me, and I think really important to any leader, but particularly the CEO, if you like, that the culture is clear, that the tone is set, that the values are understood, the purpose of the organization is understood. And actually that's positive, that it's inclusive, it's supportive, and it's positive, but it's also clear. Um, And so I take that part of my job really seriously. But actually the other part of my job is to set the direction for the business. you know bring people in to work with me to understand what our plan, what our strategy is, where are we trying to take the business and how will everybody contribute to that? So there are some sort of formal formal bits, but actually what I really do, Jack, is I, I try and I try and create a space. I try and create a space and hold that space open within which 20,000 fantastic people, really committed people, can just do their jobs brilliantly. They can show up as them. We have a phrase, you know, you be us, you be you, it makes us us. And that's all about, you know, showing up in the way that you want to show up, but you come committed, you come with the uniform, and you come, and you really show up and you work with your colleagues and you and you take us forward. Um, and holding that space for people to be brilliant and express themselves and build their careers in whatever way that they want is really important to me and then I sort of I sort of walk ahead of all of that and try and knock the obstacles out the way right if I can Mm. if I can foresee things or remove obstacles to people being brilliant then that's really important to me and one of the dimensions one of the unique things about our business is that we take in lots of people who are young have left the educational setting, they don't know what they want to do. You know, very rarely do people set out to have a career in building materials distribution, which is what we do. Mm. And we're the largest, we support the whole of the construction industry, right from road and rail projects and power stations, right down to the the professional tradesperson that will come and decorate your home here, Jack, and, you know, and repair a hole in the roof, all that sort of stuff. And it's fascinating business. We bring in people when they leave the educational setting that might be a little bit, a little bit lost and they might not have the qualifications or the confidence to go and enter into many more kind of classic businesses. Young, shy Nicks. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, absolutely. And... We, we take great pride that they can come into our business. We've got 1500 branches between all our various businesses around the country that are rooted in their communities. They're little families in their communities and they come and join us and they get a sense of structure, a sense of purpose, a sense of discipline, if you like, which sometimes has been lacking at, at home or at school. And they're able to be successful. We invest in their, in their capability. We invest in their development both informally but also more formally through apprenticeships and that's groundbreaking for us and it's one of the reasons that i and my colleagues are here in this business because it enables them you know i've got branch managers around around london here where we sit who are in their late 20s who joined us at 16 with no clue what they wanted to do with their lives and were quite close to making you know a very bad decision and they found some purpose and structure and a bit of family with us and they're now running businesses that turn over 10 plus million pounds and they've got a team of 50 people and they're not even out of their 20s that's really powerful Uh, I find that really powerful and I'm really proud to kind of lead a business that creates that opportunity for people and not just young people but we have many people I've got a you know i've several colleagues who have done 57 years service with us can you imagine that 57, 57 years they've
0: been the over 200 board.
1: so one quarter absolutely you know we have a lot of people who have been with us for a long time because they find they find resonance and kind of belonging in that in that environment that we create and i see as part of my job to kind of hold open for them um so they have a sustainable job and a, and and they can thrive and they can Bring up their family and contribute to their community and live the life that they want to live in whichever way that is, and that's a huge. I think that's just a, an enormous part of my responsibility. I take it seriously because I find it enormously rewarding, and it and it's about putting together all the lessons that I've learned along the way, all the hard knocks, mm. all the little successes, um, and now bringing it all together in a way that enables their success. As I say, formally, you know, we pledge to. Um, to train 10,000 apprentices by 2030. We typically have 10,000, 10,000. 10, wow. We typically cool. have a thousand a year moving through our apprenticeships, both young colleagues and older colleagues. This is about lifelong learning. It's about constantly investing in yourself and your capability because the industry that we serve is changing all the time. You know, we need skills that involve understanding data and using technology and understanding sustainability and carbon and reducing waste. and new ways of getting product to customers and new ways of serving customers. So we need to, all of us need to be constantly renewing how we do things and learning new skills. I find that hugely exciting. So there's kind of formal training, but actually there's informal learning on the job with customers and suppliers and colleagues. So the whole kind of system is all about learning constantly because that's how, I mean that, I think that enables people to be committed you know, to work hard, as we were discussing, but it gives them a sense of purpose and reward and confidence and really, you know, feeling feeling something about about themselves, and hearing, that's super important.
0: Hearing you speak, I hear stable, lots of growth, opportunity. How do young people hear about you? And hear about the business, and do they, or are when they do hear about the business, when they come in, are they kind of a little bit shocked in terms of how fantastic the business is? I first came across the business. I was walking, and I have a picture memory, so I remember things a bit. Little things. I don't. I'm dyslexic. I can't, I don't, I, I'm the I can't uh, read or write properly, but when it comes to remembering, I was walking to just a year before the pandemic. I was walking to Leon to get my chicken nuggets. And a lorry went past, and it was one of your lorries. And I was like, oh, Travis, who, who are they? So the first thing I do is I go to uh, Twitter. So I jumped on Twitter. And I, I nearly had an heart attack, because you would follow you follow me. You've been following me for about four years on, on Twitter. So I, I just thought, oh, wow. So when I looked into the business, I could see the opportunity across what you do. And then I started to kind of, now I follow you back, and I have for the last four years, the work that you do about the apprentices how does young pe- what is young people how can young people get involved where do they go what are the roots in and if they don't know about the business and they're listening in today why should they go and do what i did and press that follow button
1: well it, it, it's a fascinating question right and, and and perhaps i can answer it by talking about the construction industry that we're part of but also the the Travis Perkins group and all of our businesses you know because there is a challenge here that we're facing into You know, the construction industry has not done a good job of attracting young people. It's seen as dirty, potentially um, not inclusive, um, and actually dominated by typically males who are, you know, not inclusive. Um, And it's become quite attractive, uh, quite unattractive, sorry, over a number of years. And the industry and all the companies and, and and organizations within it has we haven't done a good job of really telling our story because construction is enormously vibrant i've worked in it for nearly 30 years both from a sort of engineering design perspective at Atkins where we designed buildings and and bridges and roads and you know i was part in my early career of the O2 just down the river from here you know i spent 2 years of my life cleaning up the Greenwich peninsula so that new communities could be built and the O2 could be built, and the, and the tube station there, and the London Olympics, all of this, mm. you know, construction, the construction industry is a force for good in the economy of the UK. And we haven't done a good job of telling that story. And as a result, the average age of a bricklayer is 54, the average age of a painter and decorator is 57. I mean, you know, we are not attracting young people into the industry because we haven't done a good job of telling the story of how construction is changing. Construction now is is now about intelligent use of technology to put things together in, typically increasingly in a factory environment, in such a way that it can be assembled on site like Mm. a kit of parts. That's really exciting. The construction process is changing so that we minimize waste, we minimize carbon. So we're decarbonizing our infrastructure and our building stock, super important to our futures. And we've got a massive opportunity to retrofit our houses and all of our buildings to make sure they're energy efficient in the future. That requires an entirely different set of skills. Technology, data, understanding of materials, understanding of carbon. This is a; These are major challenges to society and the construction industry have got, has got them in spades. And I think... The Travis Perkins group over the last few years, we've really tried to tell our story in a different way. We're at the heart of modernizing that construction process. We're doing that ourselves. We're increasingly not just providing materials, but we're providing components of buildings um, that, are, that are optimized and designed using technology, whole houses that are designed using technology and you know underpinned by data with low carbon materials. This is real groundbreaking stuff at the forefront of what society needs to be working in. And we're at the heart of creating it with our commitment to 10,000 apprenticeships and the industry's commitment Mm. to developing young people and existing uh, colleagues within the industry. You know, we're really at the heart of trying to make this place attractive and sustainable for the next generation of people who want to work in construction. We haven't told that story well enough. I think the industry our business is getting much better at telling that story. And I would say to young people that really look at the industry, look at businesses like ours, get in touch with us, come into one of our local branches, obviously access us through the web, and talk to us about apprenticeships, talk to us about opportunities that you'd like to explore. and We will go out, out of our skin to really try and help you understand the sort of really exciting career and the diversity of skills that you can bring and the diversity of, of 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 kind of skills that you can learn along the way. And we're really excited about that.
0: So what does an apprenticeship at Travis Perkins Group mean? What does, it, what, is, what does it mean? So what would I be doing? Like?
1: Fundamentally, it's about learning on the job. So you'll join our teams, whether that's in our head office or whether that's in one of our 1500 branches you will be working with colleagues, you'll be working with customers, you'll be working with suppliers, but alongside that you will move through modules of learning. And some of them will will be core skills around maths and English, that maybe you didn't excel at at school, maybe you, you actually didn't resonate with the way they were taught, but we also teach you about customers, we teach you about materials, we teach you about service, we teach you about technology, we teach you about data.
0: So a lot of transferable skills Lots that you can of transferable use anywhere.
1: Skills. You can use them anywhere. We hope that you'll use yeah, them in our business. Absolutely. Um, and actually, we, we now are enabling people, we're really asking people to move between the different parts of our business, between BSS, between Travis Perkins, between Station, between Keyline, because the businesses do different things and you can learn different things in those different businesses. And so it's about investing in yourself, Using, using our stru- structured learning modules to really invest in yourself. You learn on the job, and actually sometimes you need to put a bit of discretionary effort in Jack to learn you know, on your own time. I had to do that throughout my career. It's part of that point about showing a bit of commitment. You know, if, you wanna, if you wanna really, really you know, have some opportunity to move forward in your career, if you want those opportunities, then actually investing in yourself bit of discretionary effort can be really important and we try and encourage that
0: well i hope you don't mind me saying but before we started you said using you the garden last night reflecting on today's podcast like yet again in your own time absolutely so it's, it's all it, you always have to put your own time in throughout long, like you mentioned long life learning around having that long line life learning but if you want it you have to put the prep in do the bit of the own work and uh it all becomes a bit easier, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, and I, I, I encourage people. I've always thought of my career as an adventure. That's, that's how I see it, you know. So actually, there are some things that you like, there are some things that you don't like, but actually it's a huge adventure just to go and enter that workplace. You know, some of the things you'll need to learn you won't resonate with, there are some things that you'll absolutely love. And and being in an environment where you can actually really take your career in a number of different routes is is really exciting it's an adventure and when there's lots of energy and when and when you kind of resonate with the purpose of what we're trying to do and the values of the organization then it could be a it could be a fabulous experience so we're really encouraging so the apprenticeship is you know is learning on the job some a adventure. Su- supported by structured learning, supported mm. by, you know, the, one of the reasons I got on in, in my early career or one of the reasons that perhaps, you know, I found new opportunities was I just asked lots of questions. I was curious. I just, I was excited by what I didn't know and I didn't know what I didn't know. Um, and we really encourage that curiosity, whether it's with a customer or with a colleague or whatever it might be. And that builds confidence. It builds emotional intelligence. It builds all the skills that you need around communication, around, you know, a sense of service or, you know, all of the stuff that, you know, start to make you complete. And, and we very much orientate our business. Yes, we're a, we're a business that needs to provide services and, and products to customers, but we're also a business that nurtures people, gives them a future invests in their communities, enables them to invest in their communities. You know, we're really clear about our purpose. You know, we show up every day to build better communities and enrich lives. And that enrichment of lives, it's not about financial enrichment, although people need to earn a decent living. It's about giving them a future.
0: Absolutely. It's about
1: giving them hope. You know, it's about giving them confidence and tools and skills that that mean that they can move forward, whether that's with us or somebody else, we hope it's with us. And building better communities is just, is just about, you know, building great spaces. We were talking about where you live, Jack, you know, building great communities, great spaces where people want to live, people want to work, people can travel. And, you know, that's at the heart of our purpose and it, and it really resonates. I mean, during COVID, you know, whenever it was March 23rd, 24th, when the first lockdown started, You know, we, everybody was really scared. Nobody knew what this meant. And, you know, 20,000 people kind of looked up and said, well, what do we do now? Um, and we said, you know, our purpose has just subtly changed a bit. You know, we, we need to go to work now because we need to provide the materials to our trade customers to keep the nation safe, warm and dry during whatever this, this thing called a pandemic is. And do you know those simple words underpinned by kind of who we are as a business, which is why I'm here and why my colleagues are here, enable 20,000 people to show up the next day, right? And operate the business. And that sense of purpose, as simple as it sounds, was really, really important for people. It wasn't about anything else. It wasn't about money. It wasn't about recognition. It was just about, we got a, we got a mission and it's our responsibility, that's really important. And I think, certainly when I was a young, a young man, when you felt that, I didn't feel that in the bank, but I felt that when I joined Atkins. And when you feel that in an organization, it makes all the difference, all the difference in the world. So I'd really encourage young people to 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 have their senses out for, you know, where do I resonate? What, what captures my heart? What, What what captures my soul? Because that's, in the long term, much more important than what's going to pay me an extra pound, an hour.
0: And Nick, that leads me on to my final question, which is, what's your duvet flip? What gets you out of bed in the morning to flip the duvet? I think, Jack, that's
1: relatively easy for me. It comes to this point, I guess, is that, you know, I, I believe, I believe that I, that what I do matters. I believe that, what we do as an organization the team i'm part of what we do really matters to society and when you find that and when you're part of a team surrounded by people who also believe it really matters that's a magical thing i think it's a magical thing and and then on top of that i kind of believe that what i do matters to that you know the the decisions that I will make every day directly or indirectly through my team or whatever really matter to where that business is going, What, how it shows up for customers, how it shows up for communities. And that really matters to me. And I, rightly or wrongly, I, I, I feel, you know, I'm hugely privileged to do the job I am. I never thought I'd be a CEO and I'm so privileged to do it. But with that comes great responsibility, right? And I, get up every morning knowing that there's 20,000 colleagues, which is 20,000 mortgages and probably about 40,000 kids and hopes and dreams and holiday plans and hundreds of thousands of customers. You know, their future can depend on some of the things that I do or don't do. And that's, that's a huge responsibility, but it's a huge privilege. And, you know, apart from actually seeking a really good cup of coffee first thing in the morning, which is actually the first thing I think about that actually keeps getting me out of bed and always will do.
0: Wow. Well, well, on that note, I just want to say thank you for your energy, your wisdom, your st- great storytelling and your kindness today.
1: Thank okay. you, Jack. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: You're welcome.